Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Fellowship of Champions. We're super excited to have you this morning. Going to give you an opportunity to come on in. Welcome all our FOC partners. Welcome all of our visitors. Last week we had visitors from Nigeria. We had visitors from um, the UK. We had a visitor from Australia. And so we're just super excited about the ability to use technology in this time to be able to um, impact people, to teach the word, and to encourage people. So good morning, Chandra. Good morning. Share the video. Just as a reminder, people always ask this. Nothing wrong with the watch party. If you do a watch party, though, the people in the watch party cannot communicate with the people on the main page. Nothing wrong with that. It's just important to know that as we work out all this technology. So how y'all doing? You know what I want you to do. I want you to tell me where you're watching from. Tell me where you're watching from. Super excited to see all of you come on in for the end gathering. You know, um, the media team has encouraged me to slow down this week, so that is what I'm going to work on. Give me just a second. You know, sometimes it takes a minute because I can't see the video yet on my computer, even though I know we're live because people are commenting, right? Hey, Angie from Tampa. Chandra, somebody tagged me in the video um, so that I can pull it up so that I'm able to read the, the, the um, notifications. Want to remind you guys that we have pinned at the top three ways that you can give. Oh, there we go. I see it. We have three ways that you can give, encouraging all of our partners to continue to um, sow into the ministry, sow and expect the supernatural harvest of God to come into your life. Amen. And so if you look at the pen at the top, the pen comment, you can use push pay, you can use Givelify, you can use Tithely, or you can text the word give. You can text the word give to 833 969-0897. You can text the word GIVE to 833-969-0897. You can text the word GIVE to 833-969-0897. And that is a new service. So good morning, good morning. Uh, Kenosha said, wait, is this being filmed at the South location? This is being filmed in the living room because the office has too much sun. So we, <laughs> the South location, we love it. Yes. So welcome Mika from Solemn Springs. I see we have, let me scroll through some of these comments just a second. Hey, this is also going to be our first time going live on Instagram. So if you are an IG person, you may want to check us out over there. Um, we're going to try that. We're just really trying to expand all the ways that we can reach out to um, people, right? So give me just a second because I'm going to have to get up in order to get um, it to go live. Or maybe past everyone can do it. But my phone went off, so you may not be able to touch the side. Just...
All right, let's see if IG works. If IG doesn't work, it, it looks like it's working. All right, so guys, listen. Last week, we had like 20 testimonies of healing. 20 healing testimonies that came from our teaching last week about practicing the presence of God. And so I want you to put your faith out there and expect something supernatural to happen. You can see the title of today's message is what? God is a supernatural God. What's wrong, baby? He's a supernatural God, right? Um, Conway, we appreciate you too. Thank you. Christy says it's live on IG. She just got a notification. I'm glad to hear that, right? So God is a supernatural God. He is the God of the supernatural. And Pastor Ellen and I believe that it is so incredibly important that we don't water God down to be like us. That instead, we allow the word of God to become our reality, amen, and to cause us to live at the level that God is calling us to live at, amen? That is so important. And so I'm going to be talking to you about some supernatural, some testimonies that people have had. I'm going to be teaching you about God is a supernatural, and we want to position our faith. We want to position ourselves to believe that our God is a supernatural God. So could you just say right now, God is supernatural? God is supernatural. That's super, super important that we um, that we really believe that. Let's pray this morning. Hallelujah. Christy says he is a supernatural God. Yes, he is a supernatural God. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So let me say good morning. <clears throat> One final time to everybody, and then I'm going to go and get into the teaching, all right? Good morning. We are so glad to have you on behalf of Pastor Ellen and myself and the Fellowship of Champions family. We want to welcome you to Fellowship of Champions, where we are a church teaching people how to walk in faith, how to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. We are so happy that you joined us, no matter where you're watching from in the world. If it's your first time on or your 20th time on, let us know where you're watching from. We're super excited. <clears throat> we want to tell you that God loves you, that he has a good plan for your life, and that he is not moved by what is happening in this economy. He is not moved by what is going on. And we want to teach you how to tap into a supernatural faith perspective of who God is so the supernatural can be natural in your life. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you and give you praise with much thanksgiving. You are such a good, good God. Even your goodness is good. You are such a good God. And you said you have crowned this year with your goodness. And so we thank you that you have a plan of recovery and restoration for all of your people. You have a plan of provision and deliverance and protection and healing for all of your people. And so, God, we pray today that you would help us to open our spiritual eyes and open our spiritual ears and open our spiritual heart to be able to understand what it is that you're doing and to come into agreement with what you desire to do in our life. We thank you that your hand is not slack, that it cannot save, and we choose to believe the report of the Lord. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for healing. We even pray right now for all <clears throat> of the caregivers and the medical professionals and the essential workers. We pray divine protection over them. 
We ask you to do what only you can do. We release angels to stand guard over them. We pray for the scientists and the lab technicians and all of the people who are working on vaccines. We pray for an acceleration in their understanding to release the wisdom of heaven in order to assist them. We thank you for supernatural solutions on top of everything we already know naturally. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. <clears throat> amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So like I was saying last week, we have so many testimonies of people being healed. And one of the things that I want to tell you is that the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. It's so important for us to share our testimonies. Why? What do our testimonies do for us? Our testimonies, when I have a testimony, when I testify about what God did for Jordan, when we testify about what God did for our house situation, our testimonies, they build our faith. So when we tell our own testimonies, they build our faith, right? You know, David said it like this. When David was um, when David was getting ready to fight Goliath, he reminded, he reminded himself and told Saul about when he killed the bear and when he killed the lion. The testimony of what God had done with him in the past encouraged him about what God would do with him in the present. And so we want to tell our testimonies because our testimonies help us to stare our faith, to build our faith, to remember our faith. And it is important for you to realize that in this season right now, where so many people have so many negative reports, this is the time for you to talk about what God has done in your life. This is the time to talk about the time you were healed. This is the time to talk about when you overcame anxiety. This is the time to talk about when God made a supernatural way for you financially and it, was, it didn't seem like it was going to be enough money, but somehow he worked it for your good. This is the time to tell the testimonies of the Lord. Why? Because they're going to build your faith. So say my testimonies build my faith. My testimonies build my faith. My testimonies build my faith. Not only do my testimonies build my faith, my testimonies become prophecies to other people. What do you mean, Pastor Sean, a prophetic word? So the Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. So when I tell a testimony, so for example, when in, I'm, I lead a group called Relentless Mentoring, I mentor about 49 people who want to go higher in their relationship with God and be transformed in their mind. So when I told them the testimony about Jordan and all the things that God had done for her cognitive ability, then they latched onto that and we got some reports in less than a week about kids being able to do things they could not do before. See, the testimony of Jordan became a prophetic word that someone else could grab hold of, right? In fact, what's a prophetic word? It's an invitation into your next. A prophetic word is an invitation into your neck. So when you find out that God healed so-and-so, and when you find out that God delivered Sally, and when you find out that God helped Steve, that is a prophetic word because what he does for one, he'll do for another, and he's, he doesn't change, and it's an invitation to come into another realm. What's the realm? See, God has already looked into our future and seen our victory. You see that God has already looked into our future and seen our victory. So what he does, guys, is that he gives you a prophetic word through the testimony of somebody else to say to you, this is where I want you to be. 
Now, the question is, is that when we receive those testimonies, when we hear those testimonies, when people talk about the goodness of God, how do we respond? Tell your neighbor, say your response is important. How do you respond when you hear about a testimony? How do you respond? You know, for years, we have been telling the testimony of all the supernatural stuff that God did for Jordan. And I'm not going to tell all of that today, but just know that she had a report that she wasn't going to talk. And now not only does she talk, but she is on grade level and she's doing really well in school. She's doing these things that they said that she would never be able to do. So throughout the years, as people hear about this testimony, people reach out to us. They say, Pastor Ellen, Pastor Sean, can you share uh, your testimony? And what happens when we share the testimony has to do with the person's perspective about who God is. So sometimes we share the testimony and somebody goes, I take that for my child. I take that for my grandchild. I take that for my niece. And they begin to make those confections the way that we did. They begin to lay hands the way that we did. They begin to do the things that we did because they're expecting what we're expecting. But then there are other times that people go, oh, well, that just happened for you because you're a pastor or that just happened for you because you live here or because you were educated or whatever reason that people come up with. I want to encourage you, do not discount yourself from a miracle. Do not discount yourself from the supernatural by thinking that God won't do for you what he did for somebody else. Because if it's in his word, it is available to you. Say it's available to me. And so many times when we hear testimonies, we go, oh my God, that can't be real. That couldn't be true. And I'm, when I say we, I mean believers. We are working to discount the testimonies. We want to come up with a logical reason that can explain away the supernatural. And so we have, you know, I, it's so interesting. I can remember with Jordan that it was more, it was Christians who told me what we were believing for was unrealistic. But people who believed in the universe, they would be like, they would be like, yeah, I think it's possible. You can call it to yourself. And it was fascinating to me that people who did not know the Lord Jesus Christ were willing to believe that there was a supernatural power out there who was willing to get involved in our life. But then there were people who went to church every Sunday who were willing to cancel out and say that God didn't do that anymore and God didn't work that any way anymore and that a miracle had to be a fluke or somebody was lying or somebody was making it up and I need you to know that it's gonna be unto you according to your faith so if you don't believe in the supernatural if you believe that all you have is the best that earth has to offer if you believe that it can't get any better than anything that you see that's where you're going to live and it won't matter who testifies to you it won't matter who tells you about the goodness of God it won't matter who shares their testimony. God himself could come and speak it to you and you go, no, 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 that can never happen for me. Do not disqualify yourself from the supernatural power of God thinking with a natural mind. So listen, if you're a first time watcher, I see we got some people on Instagram. Let us know where you're watching from. We're so excited to have you guys. We got followers on Instagram. We got followers on Facebook. We're able to reach the world. Can we just stop?
stop and give God thanksgiving for this kind of tech, this kind of technology. You know, there was a time that if this would have happened, we couldn't have reached people. We couldn't, if we couldn't have gathered in person, we couldn't have reached together. But now because of this technology, I'm able to sit here in my living room in Northwest Arkansas and reach people from all over. I see we got people, we got Monica from Tennessee, we got Ralph from Conway on IG. And so we're just excited to have you. And we just want to keep walking this word about God being a supernatural God. So I want to go to a scripture that's a very familiar scripture today. It's Romans, the 10th chapter and the 17th verse. Romans, the 10th chapter and the 17th verse. Amen. Romans, the 10th chapter and the 17th verse. Y'all think I'm doing better today? I'm breathing. I'm slowing down. How I'm doing over there, Pastor? He said, I'm doing good. All right. So we want to go to Romans, the 10th chapter and the 17th verse, because we want to align our thinking with heaven. Romans 12 and 2, it says we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so we can prove that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. So we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we can prove that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. What that scripture tells us is that when we don't agree with God, we're going to disconnect ourselves from the things that God wants to do in our life. Did you hear that? It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God for your life. That means that it's possible for you to be living in a place that's not God's perfect will for your life. He says, if you want that, you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, in Romans 10 and 17, it's going to talk to us about what we should use to transform our mind. What we should use to transform our mind, right? Romans 10 and 17, it says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. Guys, this is so important. It doesn't say faith comes by having heard. It says faith comes by hearing. This lets us know that our transformation is going to come because we make it a practice to continually hear the word of God. We need to continually hear the word of God. This is so important because especially as we're in this time right now where we're being bombarded by news of tragedy and stress and people are frustrated and we don't people don't know what they're going to do about their money they don't know what they're going to do about their job they we got shelter orders we got shortage of paper towel and toilet tissue order you see what i'm saying it's important that even in the midst of that that you are hearing the word of god because faith comes by hearing the word of god i want to say it like this bible faith comes by hearing what god has to say so if I'm not hearing what God has to say about a situation, my faith is going to be in something other than God. So Romans tells us we got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, Romans 12 and 2. And then Romans 10 and 17 tells us the way that this transformation comes is that faith comes by hearing. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? I'm not talking about that three minutes where you get up and go to Bible app and read a little devotional and then the rest of the day you on CNN and talking to your friends about how you don't know if you're going to make it. What are you hearing? 
What are you hearing? What you're hearing matters because what you are hearing is going to determine where your faith is. And right now there are a lot of believers that are shaken and troubled and anxious because they're not hearing the word of God. And when we don't hear the word of God, what we begin to do is we begin to be limited by the best earth has to offer. Did you hear what I said? When I'm not hearing what God is saying, I become limited by the best earth has to offer. And sometimes what earth has to offer is all right, but it's always inferior to the best God has to offer. So in Romans 10 and 17, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, but I want to look, I want to look at um, where it says, let's go back to verse 13. Let's go back to verse 13. It says, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now we, in a lot of churches, we have limited that to salvation going to heaven. And so the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? That is why many of us were saved. You went to a church every Sunday. They took you to the cross at the end of the message. They told you how Jesus died. He died all night Friday night. He died all day Saturday. He died all day Saturday night. And then early Sunday morning, some of y'all went to y'all Baptist church, to y'all Koji church right there. You just heard that early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. You hear that over and over and over and over again. And what happens, you begin to get faith that salvation is for you. That is why we have so many believers that are so familiar with this concept of Jesus dying on the cross and us going to heaven. But so why don't we have believers who have more faith, that kind of same confidence about heaven that you do about God as a healer, God as a provider, God as a mind regulator, God as a deliverer, God who gives angelic assistance, right? The reason that we don't is because we aren't hearing it enough. Do you see what I'm saying? And this is what I say to our church all the time. We already believe the crazy part. Can you tell your neighbor you already believe the crazy part? Pastor Sean, what's the crazy part? Here's the crazy part. You believe that God decided to pour all of the sins of the world on one, this one Jesus, that Jesus was conceived because the Holy Ghost came upon a young girl named Mary, that Jesus was born, that Jesus lived his life without sin, that Jesus did miracles all throughout the land, so many miracles that we cannot even keep track of them, that this same Jesus then died on the cross, went to hell, took back the keys, came back, got up with all power in his hands. You believe in that Jesus. How many of you believe in that Jesus? I know you do because on a Sunday morning, you're here listening to this. You believe in that supernatural God. You believe that you didn't have the right, the ability, the strength, or the willpower to make yourself righteous, but God through Jesus made you righteous and made you a new creature. You believe it because you have heard it and faith comes by hearing, right? So that means that now if we're going to believe that God is a miracle working God, if we're going to believe that God heals, delivers, and sets free, if we're going to believe that God can provide no matter what's going on economically, what has to happen, we got to hear it. We have to hear it. 
We have to hear it. We have to open up this Bible and get serious about what Jesus has said in his word. We have to believe that when he said, if you believe in me, you will do greater works that he was not playing. It was not a joke. It was not for a select few. It was for everybody who would believe. So then in Romans, let's go back to that. It says, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to notice that it does not say whoever believes in the name of the Lord shall go to heaven. It says whoever believes in the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word saved means delivered. What do you need to be delivered from? It says if you call on the name of the Lord, there is deliverance available for you. You've already got the salvation package. You've already taken care of your retirement plan. You already know where you're going to spend any eternity, right? But now it's time for you to know how to bring heaven into the earth realm. How do we do that? We do that by hearing. Now, let me just pause. I'm going to take a sip of water because I'm trying to do what they tell, say do and, do and do this slow. But if you believe this message, message would be a blessing to somebody, could you go ahead and share this message on your page? Could you tag somebody in this? And as a reminder to all of our partners and even our visitors, you can give. The pin is tagged up there. We have four ways to give. You can give on PushPay. You can give on Giverly. You can give on Givelify, Tithely, and you can text to give, and they'll drop that information for you. That's what you call a commercial break right there, a commercial break, all right? So he says, look at this. He says, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What do you need salvation from? Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe you need to know how you go pay your rent next month. Maybe you need to know how you're going to turn your marriage around. In fact, this morning as I was putting on my makeup, the Lord said he, there is an anointing to, to restore marriages. He can give you a new marriage. But are you willing to let go of your past? Are you willing to let go of the problems that you have had for God to give you days of heaven on earth? Are you willing to break up with that story? You know what it's like when married people fight and you're just having the same fight over and over again because you already know what they're going to say and you've already decided what they mean and why they did what they did. But this morning, I heard him say, I am willing to restore marriages. How do I know he'll do it? I'm living in a restored marriage. He, this is We say this is marriage 4.0 for us because our goal is to have days of heaven on earth. So every time our marriage doesn't look like God, we take the word and we elevate it. So somebody ought to be taking that this morning saying, you know what? I believe God for restoration in my marriage. I believe that he is the God of the turnaround. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, see, if you just said right there, if I just said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you said, ain't no help for that joker. See, understand that you have now become more convinced in what you see naturally than what God has said. You have become more convinced in your natural circumstances. You have become more convinced in your present reality and you are holding on to it so tight that God cannot show you something new. Why can't he show you something new? Not because he lacks the power, but because you are unwilling to open your eyes to see something new. Let's just do this by faith, whether you need a marriage healing, whatever you need going on. Lay your hands on your eyes and on your ears, on your heart. Just touch them, your eyes, your ears, your heart. And you say, open up. Be open to the things that God wants to do in my life. Eyes, open up to see what
what God wants to show me. Ears, open up to hear what God wants to say to me. Heart, open up to receive. Don't reject what God is desiring to do in your life. Can somebody just confess, I'm not rejecting it. I will not reject what God is trying to do in my life. Amen? And then it says, but how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? Wait. So you're not going to call on somebody who, uh, okay, so as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ as my deliverer, right, as my healer, I'm not going to call on another God from another religion because I don't believe in them. You see what I'm saying? So he says, if you don't believe, you're not going to call. You, If you don't believe, you're not going to call. So if you don't believe him to be a healer, if you don't believe him to be a mind regulator, if you don't believe him to restore marriages, you're not going to call. You're not going to call because it says, how then shall they call on him in who they have not believed? And how then shall they believe of him in whom they have not heard? So it takes us back to this position that if we, that in order for us to have faith for something, we have to hear it. And how many of you know that sometimes when you start hearing about the things that God desires to do, it can sound crazy. If you're in the middle of a bad marriage and the idea that God could turn it around and help y'all fall in love like y'all were when y'all first met at 22 and 23 or if you're if you've been hurting in your body for five or six years and the idea that you don't have to manage this pain anymore it can sound crazy it can sound crazy right but do you know why it sounds crazy it sounds crazy because it's not familiar it's not familiar think about this whole birth story of jesus it sounds crazy to those who haven't heard it. To us, it's normal. It's like, what do you mean you don't believe Jesus came from a virgin? It's all we've heard, so it's all we believe. You see what I'm saying? So if you haven't heard of God as a healer, if you haven't heard of God as a deliverer, if you haven't heard of God paying people's bills supernaturally, then it's going to sound crazy. But my question to you today is are you willing to believe something else? Are you willing to believe something else? It says, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how then shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Somebody got to preach it to you. Somebody got to be willing enough. I was talking to my friend, First Lady Clichette Benfrey, and I said, somebody got to be crazy enough to say God still opens blinded eyes. Somebody has to be crazy enough to say that the same God that multiplied fish and loaves can multiply the chicken at your house because you, he know you need to feed your kids. Somebody has to be so persuaded that God is still God, regardless to what is happening in the earth realm, that they are willing to preach the good news. Understand that this good news is a word of deliverance. Can somebody say deliverance? It is a word of salvation. It is a word of overcoming. It is a word of victory. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter and the 57th verse, it says, thanks be to God who has given us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who has given us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, I got the victory. That means God has a plan for your victory no matter what you're facing in the natural. He has a, a plan for your healing, a plan for your provision, a plan for your health, a plan for your protection, a plan for to get over grief, a plan to restore you. He is well able. Somebody got to preach it. 
And it says, how then shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Look what it says. It says, the people who preach the gospel of peace. That word peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. That word peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. It says, when you find somebody who is preaching this gospel, nothing missing, nothing broken, their feet are beautiful and they bring good tidings. That tells us that how we need to respond to the people who are preaching the good news. I want to stop right there. And now I want to go to Luke the fourth chapter because I want you to see what the gospel is. Say the gospel is good news. It's, it's, it's so good that it's offensive. The idea that God would be so good, the idea that God would help you even when you didn't do everything right. We're such a people who want people to get what they deserve. But thank God we don't get what we deserve. Thank God for grace and mercy and supernatural help and assistance and angels and provision and intervention. Thank God for that. The gospel is good news. Now let's look at Luke 4. Let's look at Luke 4 because this is what Jesus has to say. And I need you to know this, that Jesus is the example. So many times I was when I was talking to Plachette yesterday, I said, we look up to all these people in the Bible and ain't nothing wrong with looking up to people to the Bible. But I'm not a disciple of Paul. I'm a disciple of Jesus. And I'm not a disciple of Abraham. I'm a disciple of Jesus. And I'm not a disciple of um, David. I'm a disciple of Jesus. That means when you're a disciple, you are looking to follow after somebody. So thank God for Paul's contribution. Thank God for Abraham being the father of faith. But I'm looking to be like Jesus. Why? Because first John 5 tells us, as Jesus is in the world, so are we. So he is expecting us to operate like he operates. Now let's look at Luke 4. Just stick with me. Stick with me. You can't go nowhere, no way. You might as well stick with me. Luke 4. Verse 16, verse 18. So in this scripture, Jesus goes into the temple, the synagogue in order to teach and they hand him a, a, a scroll and he reads this scroll, very familiar passage of scripture. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to who? The poor. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What does poor mean? It means you have lack in some area. Jesus said, I came to talk to your lack. I came to tell you that whatever lack you have, whether it's a spiritual lack, an emotional lack, a physical lack, a financial lack, a relational lack, a social lack. He says, I came to tell you nothing missing, nothing broken. I came to deal with your poverty. This is a money scripture, but it's not just a money scripture. It is literally God saying through Jesus, whatever has had you in lack, whatever has had you in bondage, whatever has had you in poverty, I have come to deal with it. Somebody ought to just thank the Lord for that. You got a God who is so good, who would not leave you in the earth realm raggedy and toe up. And so he sends Jesus to preach this good news. Now, these are Jesus' words. How do we know that Jesus' words? They in the red. If you need a Bible word, they in the red, right? It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, 
to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Wait a minute. This is Jesus talking, right? Jesus who came to represent the Father and reconcile us. And he says, the spirit of the Lord God is up on me to preach this gospel. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. So you got a broken heart. If your father didn't father you right, your mother, you weren't the favor. Your ex-husband broke your heart. Your ex-wife broke your heart. Um, you still hurt over how they did you on your job. There is a word for your brokenheartedness. It's to heal your brokenheartedness. But now that goes back to what I said. Are you willing to believe something different? Are you willing to believe? See, because a lot of times, and I know this because I have a master's in psychology. In psychology, in counseling, in the natural, they will tell us that many times if you've experienced a trauma, you can't get over it. They will tell you you can't get over grief. They will tell you that you can't get over the feelings of being molested, the feelings of being raped, the feelings of being abandoned, that the best you can do is manage it. But what I just read here in this word is that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to stick with management. You do not have to stick with management. Praise God for that. Thank God for counselors. Thank God for coaches. Thank God for psychologists. Thank God for psychiatrists. But we are not left with a system of management. This is a word. There is a word to heal my broken my brokenheartedness. Have you considered Jesus? A lot of people go to church, but when they have a problem, they don't actually consider Jesus. They have limited Jesus to just heaven. They have limited Jesus to just their eternity. I am trying to get you to become aware that what Jesus did is that he wants to bring heaven into the earth. So if you're brokenhearted right now, if you're struggling with some type of rejection, some type of abuse issue, I just want you to lay your hands on your heart and say, I give you permission to heal me. What does that mean? I'm willing to let go of the story. I'm willing to stop believing that what happened to me is bigger than my God. I am willing to be healed. That's the thing that Jesus would ask people sometimes. He would say, do you want to be healed? Now, it seems like a crazy question when he's sitting there looking at the man who's been beside the gate for 30 years and can't get in the pool. He says, but do you want to be healed? Or have you become so accustomed to your pain, so accustomed to your struggle, so accustomed to your suffering that when someone offers you healing through Jesus, that what you say is, you say, that can't work for me. You don't know what I've been through. You, you don't know what I've been through. You don't, you don't know how bad I've been treated. You don't know how bad I've been rejected. You don't know how bad I've been hurt. I may not know how bad all those things are, but I do know how big God is. Are you willing? Are you willing to be healed? Are you willing to see something different? Are you willing to let that story go? Are you willing to walk in freedom? Or is your identity, is your mindset so tied in your bondage that you now don't believe God is God? Come on, somebody. Just listen. Just begin to praise the Lord. Begin to speak life. Begin to declare any place I'm locked up. I give God permission to come in and speak to me. I am willing to see something different. Amen. And then he says to preach deliverance to the captives. Wait, this thing's just getting Now, this is bad English, but it just gets gooder and gooder. Wait, hold on. So wait a minute. First of all, if I'm poor, you came to give me some good news that I don't have to be poor. And then you came to deal with my broken heart. And then you came to preach deliverance to the captive. So I don't have to tolerate any captivity either. What? This is why this gospel is so offensive. 
Because, and then what we do is we try to work for this, baby. You can't work for this. You have to receive this by faith. You cannot work for this. You got to receive it by faith. Amen. To preach recovering of the sight to the blind. This is not just physical blindness. This is the way that life and the enemy can close your eyes, can cause so much injury and disappointment and so many scales to come over your eyes that you can't even see what God is doing. Guys, that's why I keep saying to you, touch your eyes and say, eyes, you go see, ears, you're going to hear, heart, you're going to open up because you need to know this. There were people around Jesus who were getting healed and there were other people around Jesus who weren't getting healed. And not because Jesus had a cap on his power. There was no cap on his power. There was a cap in their belief system. In fact, it says that when Jesus went to his hometown, he could not do many miracles because they could not see him as a miracle worker. They could only see him as Joseph's son. They could only see him as Mary's baby. And because they limited him, they could not get what he was desiring to do. See, it is possible, and we all know people like this. There are, there are people who are on their way to heaven. They believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is their savior. He has died on the cross for their sins, and they are on their way to heaven. But if you try to talk to them about healing, they have closed their mind to healing. They have closed their mind to financial freedom. They have closed. Some of you have given up on love because you're so busy listening to people say that it ain't no good men and you can't find no good men. And you always involved in conversations that tell you that it ain't no good men. And then you say, why can't I find a good man? Because you have now exalted what society says is normal to be more powerful than what God said. Amen. Let's keep going. He says, and to set them at liberty that are bruised. So Jesus came for our total life freedom. Say total life freedom. Say total life freedom. Jesus came for our total life freedom and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This means that what they used to have to get in time now is available to us by faith. It means that anytime I can see, anytime I can hear, and anytime that I can understand, I will be converted and I will be healed. I will be healed. Huh? Corinne just said on IG, she said, what you just said, there was a bonus. Absolutely. We don't want, listen, let me say this. You cannot afford to entertain anything that contradicts what God desires to do in your life. Now, somebody ought to write that down. You cannot afford to entertain, to believe anything that contradicts what God desires to do in your life. The Bible says it like this in John 10 and 10. He says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So Jesus tells us what this gospel is. It's good news. And then in Jeremiah, he says, I'm going to give you some pastors after my own heart. And they're going to teach you these things so you can live this way. So many people, now we're going back to Romans. So many people undervalue the position of a five of the fivefold ministry. In Ephesians, it says the fivefold ministry exists to perfect you, to help you grow up. The fivefold ministry is there to develop your faith so we can all do the work of the ministry. And so God has put this system in place that he says, there's a part that God does, that I do. There's a part that Jesus does. There's a part that the Holy Spirit does. And then there is a part that the fivefold ministry and the local 
peaceful assembly does. And so, so many people can't, don't get the benefits of what God is desiring to do because they discount the preachers. They discount the preachers. And, it, and, and it's, it's, it's a satanic assignment to make you discount the very people that God gave the word for your freedom to, to make you distrust them, to make you believe that they're only out for your money, to make you believe that they're not for you, to make you believe that they're against you, that they're all hooks and crooks. See, understand because the enemy knows that God has a system and that faith comes by hearing and somebody got to be sent to preach it. So what he does is he gets you to doubt and discount the voice that has been called to speak your freedom. You better hear what I'm saying. And so what the enemy has done, now this is really important because I said this on my Facebook page the other day. Hear me. There is always going to be somebody who will try to manipulate the gospel. There's always going to be somebody who's going to try to manipulate the gospel. When Jesus showed up, he was fussing at the Pharisees and the Sadducees because he said, you got all this law in front of you and you use it to keep people away from God. So that ain't nothing new. It's always going to be somebody out here who's going to try to run a hustle. But let me tell you something. Just because somebody has run a hustle don't mean that the power of God isn't on what he actually said. Let me give you two examples. So there is a principle called seed time and harvest. The Bible says in Luke 6, 38, it says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over to it. Running over shall men give into your bosom. That's God's system. He says, you give and I will give back to you in the measure that, that came, that you gave it out, right? In 1 Corinthians, he says, if you give a little bit, that's how it's going to come back to you. So if you give stingily, if you give grudgingly, that this is how it's going to work. Now, there are people who use that to um, manipulate people, to create emotionalism, to give people to give, right? And so then what we said is we said, oh, well, we don't trust any sowing. We don't trust any giving. And then we discounted the word of God because somebody was running a hustle. Let me tell you something. That is as dumb as you had a bad teacher in the first grade and now you throw away all the teachers. My first grade teacher was horrible. My first grade teacher was mean. I'm never going to receive from another teacher again. Can't nobody teach me nothing. Just because someone doesn't manage the word well does not mean that what they said isn't that, that what they're teaching isn't true. Now, here's where we can really help ourselves. Jesus told us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, his job is to lead us into all truth. When we let the Holy Spirit lead us into all truth, nobody can hustle us. Yep, I said it. When we let the Holy Spirit lead us into all truth, nobody can hustle us. Because if I'm watching somebody on live or watching somebody on TV and they say we want a seed today, I ask God, God, do you want me to give a seed to them? He says, yes. How much do you want me to give? That's what I give. He says, no, they're not talking to you. Then you don't give. So when I learn how to hear from God, when I begin to value the Holy Spirit, when I begin to value his voice over everybody else, I don't have to worry about somebody hustling me because they trying to use the things of God to hustle me because I got the spirit of God on the inside of me speaking to me like he's speaking to other people. So we cannot throw away what God has said because somebody running hook or crook. Let me give you another example because this is really important in this time that we are right now. So there are people who always make a joke about this guy. I'm not going to call his name because he sell these healing cloths. And so 
They try to say that healing cloths aren't, aren't Bible and it's not real. But read your Bible. When Paul was building tents, they would take his handkerchiefs and they would send those handkerchiefs to other regions where people were possessed by demons, where people were sick, and those people would be delivered and healed because what was on Paul was on his handkerchief and they sent it by faith and people got healed. So now the Bible tells us that something is true and because somebody out here is running a hustle, we're going to discount it and we're now going to have a negative perception toward preachers. We're now not going to be able to take correction. We now are not going to sow. We're now going to say even just something as silly as this. People are on social media saying the church should suspend the tithe. I'm going to tell you why the church can't suspend the tithe. The tithe does not belong to the church. The Bible says, gee, the God says the tithe is holy unto him. It's holy unto him. Now, could we take, could, could you get an instruction? Could a pastor get an instruction? Take the tithe and bless some families. Take some tithe and do this right here. Yes, absolutely, but I don't get to suspend the tithe because I didn't institute it. Hold on, we have a scholarship fund. We can suspend the scholarship fund because we instituted, but we can't suspend the tithe because we didn't institute it. And when you don't have faith and know your Bible, you don't even understand that the tithe becomes your supernatural provision to protect you in a famine. Yeah, but that ain't all I'm trying to talk about. I want to I go back to what I'm talking about. Because when we don't discern the people who have been called to speak into our lives, then literally God will have an answer for us. But because you got distrust against a pastor, you got distrust against a church, you've now allowed your traditions of growing up to now impede what God is trying to do in your life. And what I always say to people is this, you know, I, people say, I, you know, people think I do a lot. You know, this is probably true. I really do think it takes all of that. But here's the question I would ask you. Why would you listen to somebody who don't ain't experienced healing, who don't have no money, who marriage is raggedy? Why would you listen to them talk about what it don't take? How would they know what they don't take? They, I mean, they, they don't have it. The truth of it is, is that everybody who is living in victory in any area, whether we talk about sports, whether we talk about acting, or whether we talk about act, walking by faith, they are people who know it take all of that. It does take all of that. All right. I want to look at two or three more scriptures. Y'all all right out there? Amen. Two or three more scriptures. Just want to remind you, and if you feel led to give, then you should give. And then here's what I tell you. If you're being blessed by this message, if this message is inspiring you, now if you have a local church, your tithe ought to go to your local church. But if this is blessing you, the Bible says you ought to communicate when something is communicated good to you. So you can send an offering. You can text. Drop that text again. That text to give is real easy. It's pen, but write, write. can you just write it one more time? Thank you. All right, let's look at First Chronicles. Wait, let me just make sure. How y'all doing out there?
Now let's look at 2 Chronicles 20 and 20 because I don't just, I want you to perceive God correctly so you can get the supernatural. I want you to deal with the Holy Spirit correctly. I want you to handle the word correctly. And I want you to handle the people who have been called to speak into your life correctly. And I love being able to teach like this because all y'all don't go to my church. So you can't just say she's saying this to get something from me. I don't even know some of y'all. I'm saying this because when you don't discern the gifts of the body right, then the very answers God has for you, you will miss them because you think I'm just like you. That, that's one of the biggest mistakes we make in the body of Christ. The Bible says he has a kingdom. This kingdom has an order. This kingdom runs a certain way. And so when I don't understand that God has assigned people to speak into my life, to bring me into places of victory, and then when I don't understand that, then I'm going to discard you and be like, oh, you just like me. No, no, no. You may, you guess God loves us, but we don't have the same assignment. And many people are discounting the people who God has. You have prayed for an answer. You have prayed for your marriage. You have prayed for your healing. You have prayed for your financial breakthrough. And then someone comes to give you a word and because you got distrust in your heart because of another pastor, not even that pastor, that pastor ain't done nothing for you, but tried to serve you and feed, fed you with word and helped you out. And then you fight against them and say, well, God didn't show up for me. But God's system is supernatural. And he has an order. And I said to my mentoring group last week, I said, too many people come into the body of Christ and try to treat the body of Christ like it's America. And it would be like me coming to your house, moving your furniture. So I go, I don't like your couch right there. And that's what people try to do in the kingdom. They try to come in and go, you know what? Hold on. Listen right here. I don't really like the way that God said this is the system. I don't really like this whole tithing thing. I don't really like fasting. It don't take all of that. I don't really like this whole forgive my neighbor. I don't want to forgive them. They don't deserve forgiveness. I don't really like it. Let me move the furniture around. And then let me say that because God loves me, that God doesn't care that I move the furniture around. Now, how many of y'all would not be pleased if somebody came in your house and moved your furniture around. I know it. Nobody would like it. You'd be like, whoa, hold on. I'm telling you, the love of God does not exclude your obedience from the principles of God. The love of God does not exclude you from obedience. You can't be like, oh, well, God know my heart. Yeah, he know you stubborn. He know you don't listen and he know you faithless. And so he keeps sending people to preach to you so your life can change. Let's go to 2 Chronicles. They're, they're facing this situation. Judah is facing this situation. They got some armies that are raised up against them. They don't know what they are going to do. Sometimes you don't know what you are going to do. And the prophet gets a word and the word that the prophet gets. Now they got all of these armies coming against them. These people want to fight them. And these people want to, um, these people want to destroy them. And God sends a word to the prophet that says, here's the word to the prophet. Send Judah first. Send Judah. Y'all know Judah is the praise team. So it would be like right now, somebody come over to our house and they outside and they got guns and knives and all of that different stuff. And the Lord said, um, Chase can sing. Send Chase out there singing first. Send Judah first. What? And he says to them something so important in 2 Chronicles 20 and 20. He says, listen to me, Judah, and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in God and you will stand firm. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. 
In the King James, it says, if you believe God, you will be established. But if you believe the prophets, you will prosper. The Bible says there are things that God does not do unless he reveals it to his prophet. Now, listen, because I think that this is really important to say right here. So I see a lot of people saying, how come the prophets didn't tell us that COVID-19 was coming? Well, I want you to understand this. Even if the prophets didn't specifically tell you COVID-19 was coming, the five-fold ministry been teaching for years how to live in trouble. Walk by faith. We believe God no matter what. Bring our tithes and offering into the storehouse so that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we won't have room enough to receive. And we'll rebuke the devourer for our sake. Right now, you need some rebuking of the devourer. He says, but when you bring your tithes and offering into the storehouse, then what I'm going to do is because you partnered with my system, I'm going to put heaven on your money. Alignment and agreement. He's been saying there are some things that only come out by fasting and praying. So people have been here teaching. The question is, have you had ears to hear? Eye, ears to hear. Yeah, that's right. Ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to understand. Or if that's when it's something that we don't want to hear. I, I'll give you an example. I teach a lot about forgiveness. And I know that a lot of saints don't believe in biblical forgiveness. Because a lot of y'all still walk around talking about um Feed them with a long handle spoon, which ain't in the Bible. Just so you know, your grandma may have said it, your big mama may have said it, your mama may say it right now, but it's not Bible. It says forgive and that forgiveness, you will have access to it in your life. We are now having scientists and psychologists that are telling us that a lot of the trauma and pain that people are holding in their body, it is a result of unforgiveness. So basically, you've seen this thing for years. You don't forgive somebody. It's like you drinking poison and hoping that they're going to die. You feel justified because your daddy wasn't there. You feel justified because your baby daddy wasn't there. You feel justified because your boss stabbed you in the back and got you fired. You feel justified being upset with your friends because you found out they was racist. You feel justified talking about Trump all the time. Yeah, I said it. You feel justified. And you got that offense in your heart, not even realizing that those headaches, that heartburn, that backache, that indigestion, that knee problem is tied to your unforgiveness. Last week, we had a young lady who recognized that she was offended with her grandmother, that she was upset with her grandmother. And literally, when she forgave her grandmother, she said a pain that she had had for five years instantly disappeared. The question is, are you willing to hear something else? Are you willing to have your theology and what your big mama taught you challenged? Are you willing to open up to something else? Or are you so tied with what you know that even when the five-fold ministry, prophet, apostle, pastor, teacher, evangelist shows up to give you a word, you like, child, that ain't for me because you don't know my situation. All I'm saying to you is this, you will never get God's best doing it your own way. You want the supernatural power of God to operate in your life. You want God to multiply your money, but you won't bring the tithe. You want God to restore a relationship, but you won't forgive. You want God to keep his word, but he's saying to you, here's what I need you to do. And you're like, no, I'm not willing to do that. No, I'm not. I'm not willing to do it. I'm not willing to forgive them. Not them. I'm not forgiving them. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not bringing no ties. Y'all can run on with that. And I always have to say this because a lot of people, a lot of people say, well, we're not under the Old Testament. 
And so what I always say then, then grace is more abundant than the law. Everybody knows that, right? So then if grace is more abundant than the law, we certainly shouldn't be arguing about 10%. So you, you're not under the law. Praise God. Now, we could have a whole conversation about how the tithe was instituted before the law, but I don't even want to do that. Let's just jump to grace then. Then if I'm a grace giver, how am I arguing about 10%? So he says, if you believe God, you will be established. But if you believe the prophet, you will prosper. That is why it's so important for you to hear God about who is the voice that should be speaking to you now. Who are the voices that should be speaking to you? Who has your solution? And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to help you. The people who got your solutions right now are telling you how we're coming out. The people who got your solutions right now are telling you how we're overcoming. The people who got your solutions right now are telling you how God is on your side and how God has victory for you. I'm not telling you that there might not be some correction, that there might not, not be some instruction. There might not be some things that you need to do differently, but I'm telling you that God is for you. I was talking to Canaan the other day as we get ready to wrap up. I want to use one more scripture, 1 Corinthians, and then we'll get out of here. Um, I was talking to Canaan the other day and she was talking about all of these people who talk about how did God is against us and God is doing all of this stuff to us and he sent COVID and he did all of this. And I, this is the only question I want to argue, I want to present to you. God is God, right? Maker of heaven and earth, creator of all things. You can read in the Old Testament where some people came against Moses and God opened up the earth and just swallowed them up. Let me ask you a question. If God wanted to destroy this planet, who going to stop him? See, people are blaming things on God instead of saying, wait a minute, God, because of his mercy and grace, the Bible says it's because of his grace and mercy that we're not consumed. So, yeah, y'all take that and do what you want. But the people who are speaking in your life right now, they are the people who are talking to you about your victory. Our pastor gave us a good word. I hope we can get him to teach on this. But he talked about us. He gave us a word. Now, let me walk you through because the Bible says if you believe God, you will be established. If you believe the prophet, you will prosper. At the end of last year, he gave us a twofold word. Number one, he said, this is a season of alignment, agreement, and advancement. This is real important. And so now he's giving us our word for 2020. This is a word. And then he comes back and he says, it's not just a one-year word. I feel like this is a decade word. This is about something God is going to do in the next decade. He says, it's about alignment, agreement, and advancement. I don't know why, but when I first heard that, me and a couple other people, we, we traded out advancement from acceleration. He came back. He said, no, that's not what God said. God did not say acceleration. He said alignment, agreement, and advancement. And he began to walk us through it. He says alignment is when God brings our thinking in alignment with his. So, you know, if you're driving a car and your car gets out of alignment, it's shaking, it veers to the left, it veers to the right. You know that your car can be out of alignment and it ain't really driving bad yet, but you let that steering wheel go and it starts taking you to the right. It starts taking you to the left. See, if we're not careful, if we don't, if we're not careful and we don't pay attention, what will happen to us is that we will begin to veer to the left and veer to the right and not even realize it. So then alignment brings us back into agreement with God because how can two walk together unless they agree? 
And so what God is doing in all of this is he says, I'm giving you a word to anchor you. I know what's about to come on the earth, but I'm giving you a word because I want to anchor you. That word is you're going to come into alignment with me. You're going to be in agreement with me. And then I'm going to advance you. Advancement speaks of rank and position. I'll let him teach that. And then he said, the second part of it is, is that being in alignment, being in agreement and advancing is going to cause you to have a great harvest. Somebody say great harvest. That means that God thought enough of us that before the trouble showed up, he said, I need a word. I'm going to give you a word to anchor you in trouble. I know that trouble is coming, but I'm going to anchor you in trouble. If you believe God, you'll be established. If you believe the prophet, you'll prosper. So when I see our partners out on social media saying, throw 2020 away, what it says to me is you didn't believe the prophet. Because if you believe the prophet, you like, I know it looks crazy right now. I know it's not working right now. I know it looks real bad right now. But hold on a second. My man of God gave me a word and he said it was still a season of supernatural harvest. So I'm not going to let go of my faith. I'm not going to let my mouth get crazy. I'm not going to start getting discouraged. I'm not going to fall down and say I can't make it. I am going to stand on the word of God. And to make sure I stay in the word, I'm going to keep reading these scriptures. I'm going to look at what God is doing. Hold on. So Instagram, they're about to kick me off. We're going to hang up and come back to that video as we wrap up. And then Facebook, we're going to keep going. All right. So Instagram is going to go, babe, can you come over here? So when it goes off, you can just start it right back. It's going off in five, four, in like three, it's going. All right. And so we want to be careful, right? You see, live, share the story. Top button up there at the camera, very top. Hold on, Facebook. We coming back. I might just get up and do it. I can't do it. I got to get up, guys. All right. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your patience. All right. So here we go. So what happens is, is that he says, if you believe God, you will pro you will be established. If you believe your prophet, you, you will. So if you have a pastor and you don't trust them, you need to deal with you or find a place that you can trust because what you need to be able to trust in this season is that your men and women of God hear from God on your behalf. They hear from God on your behalf. We say to people all the time, me and Pastor Ellen, we both preachers. We can just preach here with our kids. We don't do this for us. We do this for you. Paul says, I don't do this for a gift for me. I do it so that fruit may abound in your heart. So I'm saying to you, if you want to experience supernatural, you got to have a supernatural perspective. You've got to let the word of God get in your heart. You've got to let that word overflow. It's got to begin to anchor you. Many of you, you're fading back. Many of you, you're letting your faith go. Many of you, you are consumed by all of these things that are happening out here in the world and you are forgetting what God has said about your life. Listen, this may take you by surprise, but baby, it does not take God by surprise. And that is why he raises up men and women of God to speak into your life. But let me just say this. This one more thing because I owe y'all to tell y'all this. You can declare it's a year of harvest all day long 
But if you don't actually hear and obey God, you're going to see harvest around you, but it's not going to come near you. And then you're going to be aggravated and frustrated and feel like God don't love you and feel like God don't care. But he says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So, yes, he says, I'm going to send people who are going to teach you truth. They are going to feed you with knowledge. They're going to help you walk in victory. They're going to help you overcome. But at the end of the day, your pastors, your prophets, your apostles, your evangelists, they can't make you do nothing because you grown. So if your pastor says, hey, don't, don't back up off your giving. If your pastor says, don't forget we fast on Tuesday. If your pastor says, hey, get in that word every day. And you like, you ain't got time to get in the word, but you just watch the whole season of All-American. And you followed it up with backing up on um, Ozark and seven movies. But you're not giving your attention to the thing that would produce supernaturally. And I always say I owe people to tell them that because the people who live different, the people who are living in faith, I'm not saying we're not watching movies. I'm not saying we're not having fun, but we are not displacing the word. We are giving the word first place. Why? Because particularly in this season, it's important. I love it. We have a young girl at our church, a young lady at our church, a mom of two super cute kids. And she said to me, she said, Pastor Sean, all this time, I thought I wasn't hearing from God because it didn't sound like other people. She said, but I realized God was preparing me for this time. She said, he started telling her, stop spending money over here. Eat, eat cook at home. He started giving her very specific instructions. And she said, so when she realized that we were in this situation, she said, God had had her living there like a month. So she was unbothered. See, God gives us instruction for our lives. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through the written word. And he speaks to us through the men and women of God. But if you're not reading your words, you don't don't even know if what I'm saying to you is true. And, and, and the truth of it is, is that many of us have way more confidence, way more confidence in what people say than what God says. Way more confidence. And it ought not be so. It just ought not be so that we have more confidence in what they report for the stock market than what God says about our life. I want to give y'all a couple of testimonies. I want to remind you to give. The giving instructions are there. You can um, text. Ralph, can you put that in Instagram over there, the text to give? The text to give. And I, I just want to give you guys a couple of testimonies because I think testimonies invite people in. In the Relentless group, so last Sunday we had like 20 testimonies from people um, who watched the broadcast, even people who watched the broadcast afterwards. One of my favorite testimonies is Keyshawn, who watched it as an afterplay and experienced a supernatural healing. I put it on my page. It's on the church's page. It's a great testimony because she had never experienced a supernatural instantaneous healing, and it was amazing. It was so exciting. And so then in our group, we begin to talk about, I begin to ask them, see, because you got to ask God to give you your own experiences. And so we've had more healing testimonies in Relentless. And then the last thing is that we begin to ask God to teach us how to sow. We begin to ask God, I told them to ask God to teach you how to sow. So I'm going to ask you the same thing. Ask God to teach you how to sow in a way that produces harvest. And it was so amazing that some of them came back and said, I got ready to give money over here. And God said, nope, I want you to give it over there. Or I was going to give this amount. And God said, no, give this amount. 
And in two days, we had people who got so many financial breakthrough testimonies because they heard and obeyed God. We had one lady where um, the Lord told me to tell her that her money was being held up because of unforgiveness. She needed to forgive her ex-husband. And she forgave her ex-husband. And the next day, she had a significant amount of money sent to her by somebody because there is a release in obedience. So what I want to ask you to do is I want to ask you to ask God because some of you, you've never trusted God financially. You've always had a good job. You've all, you either had a good job and the money to do it or you didn't. I want to ask you, I love it. People are saying, teach me how to sow. So if you're even today, if you're like, I want to give to this ministry because it blessed me. Don't just decide, say, all right, Holy Spirit, what would you have me to give? What would you have me to give? Pastor Edwin and I, for married couples, this is our rule. If we're ever somewhere and we're about to give, we, we write a number down on a piece of paper and we give the highest number. We get a highest number because we real sure the devil didn't tell us to give nothing to begin with. So we go with the highest number. But so what I, we ask people to do is that, okay, you may be, you may need to sow into your pastor who's been a blessing to you, who's been checking on y'all, who's been getting up in the morning doing prayer. You may need to sow into somebody who helped you in college. You may need to sow into a single mother. You may need to sow into a ministry that's really imparted a lot into you. But I'm telling you that if you will begin to let te God teach you, he, he says, I will teach you how to profit. And many of us have been closed because we're so afraid that somebody's going to take advantage of us that instead of just asking God, okay, God, this ministry blessed me today. What, what would you like me to give to them? He may say, no, you know what? I want you to give, you think $100. He said, no, I want you to give $50 to them. And then now I want you to text $50 to your, cash out $50 to your pastor because he really been believing God for you. And you remember when he stood with you all at that different time. And when we obey God, there is a harvest that comes from our obedience. See, that's really how we display faith. We display faith when we obey what God is telling us to do. It doesn't do any good to keep saying, Here, here's a real simple example. I can quote what it takes to be saved all day long, but I'm not saved until I actually believe it. And so my act of obedience is to believe in my heart and to confess with my mouth. So we want, I, I got two strong words, three strong words that the Lord gave me that I believe let us have great hearts. Number one, we need to practice the presence of God. We want to make a point to hear God about everything. You know, God can tell you where the toilet tissue is, where the paper towel is. Do you know that God can tell you whatever it is that you need to know because he has access to all wisdom? So begin to ask God. Begin to ask God, what do you do about this relationship? Begin to ask God, what do you do about this situation right here? Begin to ask God specifically. Some of you have health challenges. Begin to ask God specifically, God, how should I eat? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I drinking enough water? Is there a food that, that's triggering me? Because God wants to speak to you. So when I say practice the presence of God, what I mean by that is we want to ask questions and we want to listen. The second thing that God has told me is that we need to press in for the supernatural. He is the God of the supernatural. So we want to ask God to show us how to live a supernatural lifestyle. 
It's so easy when we have resources. It's so easy to be dependent on what we have. It's so easy to just grab some Tylenol when your head hurts instead of asking God, why does my head hurt? I'm going to lay hands on, this, on myself because I'm the sick and expect healing. So we want to begin to press in for the supernatural. We want to get hungry for what God said. Then the third thing he's told me, and we've already seen the fruit of it, and it's just going to get stronger, is that there is a supernatural release there is a release of supernatural debt cancellation and supernatural financial increase. And I'm not going to call her name, but I just got a huge testimony from somebody today who has spent years paying into the IRS and the Lord had her to get a new accountant and she got double, she got tens of thousand dollars back because she got a new accountant. You see what I'm saying? The Lord led her to get a new accountant. That new accountant caught some things that the other accountant hadn't caught and she's getting back more money than she's ever gotten before. That, that, that's a supernatural strategy. It's teaching you how to profit. And so we are seeing so many financial miracles. And how many of you know we need financial miracles in this season? Most of us, we know that the stimulus package, it isn't enough. It's not enough to sustain people. But how many of you know that heaven's package is more than enough? So in this time, whatever God is saying to you about how you give, how you live, who should be in your life, I'm believing that there are supernatural healings as you forgive. There are supernatural, some of you, you'll be healed as you forgive yourself. Because some of it is not what you hold against other people, it's that you hold it against yourself. And so that's what I want to say over you, want to remind you to give. If you have any prayer requests, you can send them. I want to pray over you to be obedient and I want to pray over your finances and I want to pray over your health. Amen. I want to pray over those things. And then family, oh, we're still doing this week. Since, since this has been going on, we're doing our Tuesday night prayer live. So we'll do Tuesday night prayer at this same location um, on Facebook. So like the page if you want to be a part of Tuesday night prayer at 8 p.m. Central. Amen. And so we are just believing for something supernatural for you. How many of you need something supernatural to happen in your life? And Wednesday night Bible study. Pastor Ralph teaches Bible study refresh on Wednesday night at 8.30, right? 8.30 p.m. Central, right? So come to Tuesday night prayer. Watch this message again. There's a lot of good nuggets in this message. Amen. Watch it again. Take notes. Ask God what to do. If God leads you to sow into this ministry, sow into this ministry. But if you believe, if, if you need something supernatural, I just want to pray for you for your supernatural finances. Amen. I see the hands going up. First of all, I want to tell you that you got to be obedient. I, I ain't trying to hook and crook you. People could tell you that you could just sow a seed. But if you, if, even if you sow the seed, but you don't do the other stuff that God is telling you to do, you're going to struggle. So I'm praying that you will hear clearly. So I need you to do that for me again. Lay your hands on your eyes, on your ears, on your heart. God, help me see. Help me see like you see. Help me hear like you hear. Help me understand like you understand. Amen. I want you to begin to declare that over yourself. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. That's what the word says. Teach your people. Teach the people of God how to profit. Speak their language. Help them hear you. You know the language that every single person on this live speaks. Everybody that's going to watch it, you know our language. Speak their language. Now, I pray that they will have the courage to obey. I pray that they will have the courage to obey even when it seems crazy. 
And Father, I thank you that their obedience will activate a supernatural release in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the return off a of harvest. I thank you for restored relationships. I thank you for strategies to bring families back together, to heal marriages, to heal bodies, to heal. I specifically see eyesight, strategies to heal eyesight, supernatural healing of your natural eyesight, not physical. I mean, not spiritual, but your natural eyesight in the name of Jesus. I pray for miracles, signs and wonders, things that can only be explained as God did it. Things that can only begin be explained as God did it. I thank you that you said we will not be put to shame. I thank you that you said we will not be confounded. I thank you that you said we will not have to beg and we will not have to borrow. I thank you for the supernatural release over your people. You have always been a good God. You have always provided. You have always come through. There's a lady, Christy. Christy, she's playing for supernatural restoration for her family on IG. We come into agreement with you for the release of wisdom for supernatural strategies. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Guys. Listen, in this season, in any season, you can't afford to be natural. Natural is inferior. You want to live at a supernatural level. You got to hear God. You got to obey God. And you got to expect God. And so, um, babe, you teaching Sunday? So babe is going to come teach about this thing that we've been talking about. I'm super excited. Y'all need to go ahead and share with everybody. Now, you know, we hate to be on the camera, but he go teach next Sunday. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a good teaching. He go, he go, he's going to help us. He's going to help us overcome. Amen. And so I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining. If you haven't liked the page, please like this page. Um, I see charisma. She dropped on, she dropped the giving on IG, um, on Facebook is giving. We want to encourage you. So into this ministry, it's good ground. Listen, and don't let people, don't let people gas you up guys. Listen, we don't just want your money. If we just wanted your money, we'd have, we'd have charged admission for you to come in here. We want to give to abound to your account and we thank you for your seeds and pray 100 fold harvest. Now, when you get your testimony, I need you to send us a message. You need to tell us about your testimony. You need to tell us. Some of you are going to release seed today and in 24 hours, that seed is going to come back into your life. Tell us. Tell us what God is doing. Testify. Why? Because testimonies are prophecies that bring invitations into people into the next level. Amen. We're going to be obedient. We're going to be faithful. We're going to do the things that God is telling us to do. We're going to live in victory. It is our season and it is our time. Thank you guys so much for joining. Give, like the page. We'll see you Tuesday and Wednesday. And if you haven't accepted Jesus as your personal savior, you can just pray this. You just accept Jesus as your personal savior. Father, I believe that Jesus is, um, is my savior. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And today I want to give my life to him. Take my life and do something with it. That's how you get saved. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. And then you let the Holy Ghost do the work of changing you. Amen. We will see you here on Tuesday and Wednesday and next Sunday with our dynamic pastor who will help us get our life. Pastor Edwin Strickland. All right. You guys have a great day. Share the video. Love you.